Come on, now this weekend we celebrate the birth of our Savior King. Come on, let's give him everything we got. Everything we got. Come on, celebrate. Man, what an incredible, incredible experience we've had so far. You guys do this for me. Go ahead and have a seat. I'm so excited that you guys are here with us. And let me just welcome our entire family that's joining us right now. Merry Christmas to our entire church, our family. You guys all know that we are one house with many rooms. And right now at the Mobile campus, at the Baymanette campus, at the Foley campus, we've got campuses that meet in correctional facilities. We've got people from all over the globe watching right now online. So family here at Malbus, you guys help me welcome our church family all over the place. Come on. Merry Christmas. Man, we are so excited to be here together as a family, and I'm excited for Christmas at City Hope. What an amazing experience we've already had. Um, And let me just say this, let me just put this right on out there, that I'm hoping, I'm believing, I'm even going to pray that you get everything on your Christmas list. Everything. That somebody is going to raid your Amazon wish list, and they're just going to hit go on everything. And you're going to walk out on your front porch, there's going to be little boxes with smiles on them. Everything you want is just going to show up, right? Can anybody, anybody, nobody, nobody's excited about that? I'll keep that for me then, fine. I'll keep that for right here. My daughter, Nora, she's my six-year-old. For about three years now, she's been wanting this one particular thing. It's been on the top of her Christmas list for three years running. Three years. So every single Christmas... She doesn't get this thing. And I know what you're thinking. I'm a terrible parent. Right? And Santa's lazy. But this one particular thing is completely out of my control. I couldn't do anything about it until this year. And this year, Nora decided to change her strategy. And instead of asking Santa, she decided to begin praying to God. This will preach, people. This will preach. Hang with me. She began, she began praying, and so you can thank Nora, my family, and ultimately God for the great blizzard of 2017 last weekend. So we finally got to mark that off the list. Woo, excited about that, been really feeling it. Um, and so there, you know, the kids are out playing, having a blast in the snow, I hope you were too, and... They came in, you know, and literally they're out playing in the snow until there was zero left. And they came running in the house. And the very first thing she said out of her mouth was, now I get to put something else on my list. <laughs> I was like, smart kid, man, smart kid. That is absolutely amazing. I know that every single one of us in this room had that thing as a kid that you wanted more than anything else that was at the top of that Christmas list one year, maybe you were 10, maybe you were 12, I don't know how old you are, but there was that one thing that you just thought, man, if I don't get my hands on this, if, if Santa fails me, if my parents fail me, if my grandparents fail me, then life will be over, right? You were a little bit like Ralphie, right? And you had to have that Red Ryder BB gun, not just any Red Ryder BB gun, but the Red Ryder carbine action 200-shot model air rifle, Right? You'll shoot your eye out, kid, but I don't care. Like, I'm going to get that rifle, right? And, and if you remember Ralphie, and if those of you that didn't chuckle, you don't watch enough movies. I'm talking about a Christmas story, right? One of the best Christmas movies of all time. And Ralphie wanted that rifle more than anything else in the world. And he had, a, he had pictures on his wall 
of that rifle. He fantasized about going out in the backyard and shooting bad guys. He, I mean, everything was about that rifle. Nothing would slow him down. And, and actually, if you, in this room or at any campus right now, if you grew up in the 1940s, if you were a kid in the 1940s, then odds are the Red Ryder BB gun was actually on your Christmas list. That was the top item in the 1940s. That's pretty interesting, right? For those of you that were a kid in the 50s, then the top item in the 50s was this. The original Mr. Potato Head. Things have changed a little bit because then they actually sent real potatoes. Look how weird that is, right? This is 1950s. For those of you that were a kid in the 1960s, the top item for you was probably an Easy Bake Oven. Anybody remember the Easy Bake Oven, right? Even guys, we love the Easy Bake Oven. It may take 37 minutes to bake a cookie, but we don't care. We're hungry. Like, we'll wait because we're hungry, right? If you were a kid in the 70s, then this is what you were all about. Right? Some vintage, original Star Wars action figure. Can you imagine if you had this baby right now? In mint condition, still in that packaging. Man, that would be absolutely amazing. And then if you were like me, and you were a kid in the 80s, bam. Lots of kids from the 80s. I love it. You guys remember this, man. This was, this was absolutely incredible. And you guys all remember the, 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 the famous move, right, to get the thing to work, right? <sighs> Somehow, it worked every time. And if that didn't work, you just hit it real hard, bam, it works just like that. And then those of you that were kids in the 90s, things took a really weird right turn here, and the biggest toy was this. I don't know what happened in the 90s, but it got weird, man. It got really, really weird. But as a kid, each and every one of us, we had that thing, right, that was set at the top of your list that you just thought, if I don't get my hands on this, this right here is going to literally change my life. I've got to get my hands on it. And on Christmas morning, you came running downstairs, went to the tree, and there was those beautiful gifts there, and you found the one that was the right size. You picked it up and you shook it to make sure it sounded right, it was the right weight, the right size, everything was just right. And then what happened? You tore into that thing as quick as you could possibly tear into it, right? But what you did not do on Christmas morning is come down and sit next to that package and check the weight and check the sound. And then just sit and admire and think about how much time must have gone into the wrapping of that present. Man, the energy that, that it took to, to put this beautiful thing together, the time, the energy, all this stuff, I just, I can't even fathom. No, nobody sat and settled for the wrapping. No one stopped and just thought, well, this is enough. No, because the thing that my heart most desperately wanted, we knew it was on the inside of it. We knew that what we needed most in our life to fulfill our eight-year-old dreams was inside that package. People, this happens every single Christmas. Every single Christmas, our society, our culture, you and I, we do this exact same thing. The thing that we most need, the thing that we most desire, the thing that, we, that our heart most longs for is buried inside the gift of Christmas. What we long for more than anything else is hope in a hopeless world. We long for love and connection. We long to be accepted by someone else. Or maybe wherever you are in your story right now is you long to find fulfillment in your life. 
And what we do at Christmas is we, we come downstairs and we find the tree and we find the gift of Christmas and we settle for the wrapping, we settle for the fun, we settle for, the, for all the fluff and the traditions and all the stuff and we just never take the time. We miss the point. We never take the time to actually open it and find the gift that our heart so desperately wants. And it's right there in front of us. It's the gift of Christmas. It's the gift that God sent us, that God literally sent his son to this earth. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Jesus left all powerful heaven, all of the power, and he put on a flesh suit and he came down to this earth, this dusty, messy old place to be with us. To be right here with you and I, to be the gift that we get to open in our lives. That's why he came here. As a matter of fact, the angel tells Joseph when he's trying to explain what's really going to happen in Matthew 1. He says this, the angel says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. And she'll give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. What's beautiful about the Christmas story is that everything about the Christmas story is a picture of how close God wants to be to us. It's a picture of how close he wants to be to your world, to your life, to your messy situation, to your hopelessness, to your debt, to your family problems and your, and, and your marriage issues and, and your kid drama. He literally wants to be in the middle of it because he's never asked us to move to him. What Christmas is, is it's God moving to us. It's God coming into our world, coming into your world, coming into our life and, and getting up close and personal. personal. Our, our place It's just simply to unwrap the gift. God gave us this amazing gift. He sent his son for you and I. And I don't know if you're like me, but I grew up thinking that the only way I could have this gift, the only way that I could receive this gift is if I was good enough. If I was, you know, if I I stayed away from all the bad things and the bad thoughts and doing the bad things, then I would would become good enough, and then he would accept me, and if I was bad, he would would not accept me. He would push me away, and this was the only way that I would be able to to actually embrace the gift of Christmas. Jesus, the the, the relationship with Jesus is the only way. It's crazy because it's almost a little bit like Santa and his naughty and nice list, right? In a lot of ways, we've taken this idea of Santa and we've transferred it over to God, and we thought that, and we think that as long as I'm nice, as long as I do all the right things, then I'm going to get this ultimate gift that's going to bring fulfillment into my life and hope into my life and joy and peace into my life if I can stay on the nice list. And we sing this stuff all the time. If you, if you don't think about the words that you're singing sometimes, you should stop and do that. Because you take a song like Santa Claus is Coming to Town, and let's just, let's just take a moment and, and, and read a few of these lyrics that we sing about the old jolly fella. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'll tell you why. Because Santa Claus is coming to town. And he's going to get you. <laughs> right? Santa just became a villain. He's not some holly jolly guy. Look, check out this next verse. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. Right? Next one. This is the best one. He sees you when you're sleeping, wait. (laughs) Right? Creepy. He knows when you're awake, stalker. (laughs) 
He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Here's the idea of Santa. The idea of Santa is he's a creeper watching you all the time, making sure you stay nice and good. And if you are, what happens? You get a gift. This little guy, this little lady right here, she knew, right? You get a gift. If you stay on the nice list, you get a gift. You get the gift that you've been wanting. I grew up thinking this way about God, that I've got to do all the right things, and if I can be good enough, then I can have this ultimate gift that he sent for me to have. But that's not the way it's meant to be. Why? Because you and I will never be good enough. Only Jesus is good enough. And Paul tells the church in Rome this, in Romans 3, he says, No one can ever be made right in God's sight by doing what the law commands. And this time they had over 600 laws that they were trying to keep up with. There's rules and all this stuff. He said, for the more we know God's laws, the clearer it becomes that we aren't obeying them. His his laws serve only to make us see that we are sinners. But now God has shown us a different way to heaven. Not Not by being good enough, because that's impossible. And trying to keep up with his laws, but by a new way. Now God says that he will accept and acquit us that he will declare us not guilty if we trust in Jesus Christ to take away our sins. And this is my favorite part. And we can all be saved in this same way by coming to Christ, listen to this, no matter who we are or what we have been like. That's good news. No matter who we are, no matter what we've been like, no matter what we've done, no matter what's gone on in our heart, whenever we trust in Jesus, whenever we unwrap this Christmas gift that God sent us, when we unwrap it and we put our trust in that baby, we put our trust in Jesus Christ, he becomes the hope that we have that our relationship with God can be real and restored and right. And it's only when he's living on the inside of us that we can become everything that he's meant for us to be. It's not up to us to be good enough because we will fail at that every single time. It's when we put our trust in the only one that is good enough. And we dig through all this wrapping and all this stuff and we get down to the heart of what Christmas is really all about. I think we've all been guilty, right, of just being busy and running through the hustle and the bustle and going about the trees and the gifts and the caroling and the, and the candles and all the stuff that's so much fun and it's so awesome, but we forget the gift that's at the center of it all. And what I want to I leave you with, these two thoughts. This gift, the gift of Christmas, doesn't have to be opened on Christmas Day. The gift of Christmas can be opened any day. I don't know if you're like us, you've got some traditions about when you open gifts. And some people open gifts on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. And then some people do that one gift on Christmas Eve. Right? Does anybody else do that? You let, them, you let the kids open one gift and it's always pajamas. Right? <laughs> Because you really don't like your kids. It's just some weird form of child abuse and whatever. But we do it. Why? Because we want the photos on Christmas morning to be amazing. Right? It's magical when everyone matches on Christmas. Right? And there's this certain little way. But the thing about the gift of Christmas is I don't, there's not a certain time for me to open it. There's not a certain place that I must be to open it. I don't have to be in a place like this to open that gift. It doesn't have to be when I'm at rock bottom, and it doesn't have to be when I'm on some mountaintop. I can open that gift anytime. That's that's what makes it the best gift ever, right? I can open it anytime I want. And then the other thing is this, is it's not a one-time only gift. 
The gift of Christmas isn't a gift that I only get to open one time. It's a gift that every single day when I wake up in this world and I turn on the news and I, and I, and I go to work and I look at my bank account and I walk into that situation and I just feel hopeless. And I feel like, man, there's just no way out. It's a gift that every single day I can open up and I can remember that I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's through him that hope comes into my life. It's through him that love fills my life. It's through him that peace is a part of every single thing that I do. It's through him that I find fulfillment in what I do. Every single day I can open the gift of that relationship with Jesus Christ. And my life will be different. I'll be changed. And so right now, today, we can open that gift. And I believe with all my heart in this room and in every campus, watching on screens right now all over the place, there are people that haven't opened this gift yet. They've, they just keep walking right by it. They keep admiring it. It's under the tree and it's all pretty and it's there. We just keep walking right by it. But there are people here and at every campus that haven't opened that gift yet. So what I want us to do is I want everyone to bow their head and close their eyes for just a moment. And I want to give you the opportunity to open that gift. Because Jesus is here right now. He is God with us. He is in this place. And he wants you to open the gift of that relationship with him. He wants you to surrender to him. And, and like Romans 3 said, to put your trust in him. And it's in that place. It's in that place that you find what God so desperately wants to give you. So right now, if in every room, in every place, if right now is the time you say, man, I'm ready. I want to open this gift. I want, to, I want to know Jesus Christ. I want to begin this relationship with him. I just ask you to raise your hand high and bold right now in every, in every campus. Right now, go ahead and raise your hand. Don't be shy. Don't be timid. Nobody else is looking but me. There's a few hands, but hey, go ahead. I'm going to hold it out. There's a couple more right down here. Every campus right now, hold them up. Hold on, here's what we're going to do as a family. We're all going to pray this prayer, but if your hand is up, I encourage you to pray it a little louder. Believe it in your heart with everything that you got. Let's pray this together. Pray, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for loving me right where I am. I surrender everything to you. I want to know you. I want to know your hope. I want to know your love. I want to know you. Come into my heart and change me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate what God did? There were hands all over the place. I believe at every campus there were hands. Just thank God for what he did. And those of you that raised your hands everywhere, there was a card that was in your seat when you sat down. And I need you to do one more thing. I, we want to know. I want to know. Because I want us to be able to help you on this journey. I want us to help you grow and, and become everything that God's called you to be. And so, um, if you will, just fill that simple piece of paper out. Mark a couple of things. Drop it in the boxes on your way out. We would love to know. Your campus pastors would love to know. We would love to help you on this journey as you get started. All right? And then there's one last thing that I want us to do as a church family. And we're going to end this way. We're going to wrap up Christmas at City Hope just like this. Is we're going to sing as a family. And so in just a moment, not quite yet, but in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand. And what I want us to do is I want us to pull in close to one another. I want us to, to grab our family and our friends and wrap our arms around each other and, and hold hands or whatever it is. But get close because as a family, we're going to sing this last song together. And it's a song we all know. It's the first Noel. And with everything we got, I just want us to sing it. I want us to embrace family. I want us to be together as we sing and we declare this together. All right, you ready? 
All right, everywhere, let's stand up right now, and then let's sing this out together.
enjoyed yourself tonight? Again, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for celebrating Christmas with us. Uh, do me a couple favors. Tomorrow, we have three Christmas at City Hope experiences just like this available. If you take pictures tonight, let's share this hope. Share that on social media. And feel free to come back. Bring someone with you. We want to share this hope with everybody that we possibly can. And listen, if you accepted that gift, if you opened that gift of Jesus tonight, or if you need prayer for anything, in just a moment when you're dismissed, we'll have people here in the front that would love, love the opportunity to pray with you. And here's our prayer for you and your family, is that this Christmas is filled with the hope and the joy that only God can give. And this new year will be the best year ever. Merry Christmas.